0: Three, two, one, and hey, Julie, we're back.
1: Yes, it's been uh, quite the week, hasn't it? (laughs) Yeah. People are saying that that was uh, the longest month-long week (laughs) that we've had in a long time.
0: Um, So, (laughs) in case you're a first-time listener, don't think this is our normal format for our podcast. This is our informal Sunday debrief at the beach, and today we're actually at our house, which is conveniently located, guess where, at the beach here in Dorado, Puerto Rico, so um, this has been a crazy week. I I caught my. I was on an interview. <laughs> you know what? Can I confess?
1: You don't even remember which one, do you? Like I don't even remember
0: which one. I don't honestly. I have to constantly be looking at my computer just to even remember what day it is, because yeah. I'm just working nonstop right now, answering all these questions and emails from all these people. And so I was on a somebody else's podcast, David Finale, I think. And I, again, I don't remember. Anyway, it was shocking when he and I were sort of. Um, Thinking about how long ago it was Where everything was just completely, totally and completely normal And everyone's saying it's the best economy ever And it was three weeks ago And I know that because Essentially the world came to an end Literally on your birthday, Julie
1: I know, I I think that's very uh, ironic And I don't know, I feel very weird about that But I'm sure we'll remember it You know, just like we remember certain Other dates of when the world changed This is certainly a dramatic version of it but uh, yeah, I mean, it hasn't been that long, it, and you know, you read a lot of things about the the fastest uh, change in the stock market, and the you know, obviously, what's going on health wise, pretty much ever in three weeks or less, just like that. Well, there's so much of that.
0: So just so you're everyone's equally warned, this is not a formal presentation. We're, no. This is not like our normal podcast. and If you guys are just listening to us for the first time. Um, We have been spending last, really since Julie's birthday, even before that, we started talking about the coronavirus. And go to um, iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to timandjulieharris.com. We really drill down on what real estate agents and, frankly, small business owners need to be doing now. Really, I can even expand upon that and say, essentially, everyone on the face of the earth, well, in the United States portion of the earth anyway, needs to be doing. Because we have decided, and we decided a couple weeks ago, not to sugarcoat what we think is going to happen. And so we've been giving you guys information and telling you what you should be doing now. And I'm really grateful to see that most of the world is, has woken up, <laughs> and not in the uh, politically correct sense, but woken up to the fact that the extremes that Julie and I were suggesting you guys take in preparation for what happens, you know, essentially what's happening now, what's going to happen over the next few months. And then most importantly, what we're focused on is what happens post-pandemic, Yes, there will be a post-pandemic. And that's what we've been focusing on. And I'm really grateful to see that, not everyone, but there's a few people in the real estate industry specifically who, some of them, ironically, were criticizing us for being what they perceived to be too dramatic, are now literally um, using our content, saying what we said, suggesting to agents that, um, you know, agents basically duck and cover at this point because that's really what's going to happen. The next thing that's going to happen um, is in this real estate market is probably going to be a crash and we're going to talk a little bit about that today um, informally because like I said Julie and I literally have no notes we're sitting here on an outdoor couch with two cans of Diet Coke Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. And, and so we're going to keep it somewhat lighthearted but really it's hard to and, and that's the thing that I was being accused of and I'm curious Julie what your take on mm-hmm. that is I had to defend us a few times here and there about people saying we're being too, much, too pessimistic And I mean, you can't be in real estate and do what any of you do and what we've done. And if you're not an optimistic naturally, but at the same time, you have to be pessimistic or at least you have to be doing the things that are necessary to prepare for the worst and all the time being an optimist and hoping for the best. So the reality of it is, guys is if we're sounding pessimistic, it's not because we personally are pessimistic. It's because we personally are optimistic. But what we have to do in the meantime is all those who, you know, our daily podcast daily podcasts, sorry, are getting tens of thousands of downloads and streams and listens and shares and all the rest of it. So we have to be responsible for all of you. And if all we talk about are the simple things to talk about, like mindset and how to get your, you know, discover your big why and all those types of things that's just essentially frosting It's there's nothing there that stuff doesn't last um yeah if you want to mute yours that'd be great yep, i did sorry. you can put it on airplane mode by the way yeah so if you're just focused on sort of that silliness really which has been so popular for so long the working on your mindset type stuff you're gonna you're gonna go broke and you're gonna go broke and in, uh, in a big horrible light way speed. light speed and that that's the thing that you know Julie and I had to really give ourselves permission to suffer the consequences of telling you guys what we really thought a couple of weeks ago. And again, we had a lot of people that were throwing arrows at us for just all kinds of stupid reasons, and now they're all sort of coming around. Um, now, what am I talking about? Just to summarize, Julie and I wrote, and we did this over, I don't even, it took probably two or three days to come up with the premise of this. And then we created a free coaching program around it, which you guys can all get access to. But here's the gist of it. So, this is going to fall into basically three parts. This whole economic, you know, turmoil, crash. It's whatever dramatic word you want to attach to it. They're all accurate at this point. But the first phase, and this is the report that we wrote. It comes. It breaks down into three points. The first one's called um, I almost said protect. The first one's called personal. Then it's called protect, and then it's called profit. A lot of people now are are still not quite understanding really how this is going to play out. We obviously don't have a crystal ball, but what we do know, it's like nothing we've ever experienced before. I'm 50; Julie's younger than me, but not by that much. two days, but you know, who's saying? And um, you know, we know that this isn't like anything we've ever seen or, or heard before, or any, anyone's ever experienced before. So, I caution you to be very careful who you listen to. I realize that you want to feel like an optimistic and you just want to fill your head with good news and you want to be all that. And I feel the same exact way, of course. And we're going to share with you guys some real lighthearted, nice things from our members only Facebook page. We're going to do that in a second. But what we got to get into your thick heads is that this is not going to just be something that goes away in 60 to 90 days. Now, realistically the pandemic hopefully 90 120 days from now we'll be talking about post-pandemic and of course then everyone's going to be hyper vigilant about the recurrence of it which will inevitably happen in the fall you know who knows i mean this isn't going away this is a new thing okay it's not going to go away ever okay the even if they a year from now a year and a half from now everyone's taking um you know shots for the antivirus and we don't have to worry about it anymore it's like your annual flu shot there's going to be another one there's going to be another one this is just how these things work it's just the nature of things literally the nature of things so how does this affect your finances how does this affect the economy what changes globally what changes in the way you do business what changes in the way you conduct your real estate business or your small business that's where our primary focus is And everyone's getting it wrong, frankly. Everyone except for a few people, they're underestimating the ramifications of what the Fed did. So just to summarize what the Fed did, and I want you guys to be really clear about this. Um, Again, we received some criticism for this because people said our facts were wrong. Our facts were not wrong. So here's how you really need to look at what the Fed did with regards to the stimulus package. They re- Okay, so everyone's hearing about $2 trillion. Nobody really comprehends how much $2 trillion is, and I'm not going to try to explain it because it really doesn't make any difference. So just to put it in perspective, the total GDP, the every the value of everything that was produced in the United States last year, goods and services, was something like $21.6 trillion. So it was $22, $22 trillion. So the Fed is creating at least two trillion dollars and more and new dollars by creating I don't mean literally printing with paper and ink they're going to their keyboards and they're just injecting digital you know ones and zeros into the banks into all these different institutions now that have money those institutions are going out and buying assets they're buying bonds they but they're, bu- they're going to be buying equity and companies that need bailouts there's essentially what we're in when the, what we're in the midst of is a government takeover of a lot of the things that were before seen as just strictly you know private. For example, Julie and I have rental properties and we can't do foreclosures. Well, how does that work after say 90, 120 days from now? Is there still going to be are there still going to be rules where you can't do foreclosures? Have we lost control of private property? What's going to happen when essentially people start receiving unemployment checks that are for more or the same for what they were earning? all the while they were employed. What's going to happen if all of a sudden, essentially, you guys really believe 90 to 120 days from now, in an election year of all things, do you really believe that they're just going to say all the people that have been receiving unemployment, even self-employed people that have been receiving unemployment, you really think they're just going to pull the rug out underneath all those people during an election year? Do you you guys really think this is ever going to end? It's not. It'll never end. This is going to be the start of a sort of a new... All the... Conservative, liberal, whatever you want to call it, out the window. We're in, firmly going to be talking about firmly in a place where we're going to be talking about things such as a, you know, a minimum income. We're going to be talking about things where, you know, there's going to be subsidized housing, subsidized business. It can't go on forever. That's the thing you guys have to understand. Um, and. I'm going to give you. I'm going to encourage you guys to tune in to a podcast that Julie and I listen to every day, Peter Schiff Radio. He's actually one of our neighbors here in Puerto Rico. We see him. Well, we were seeing him almost every day. We were seeing him almost every day at the gym. But that's you guys, S
1: C H I F F.
0: Yeah, definitely tune into Peter. Um, there's a lot of other good books. Uh, Jim Rockert's, uh New Case for Gold, things like that. So, back to the $2 trillion. Yes, there was $2 trillion that everyone's talking about. That's the headline. Those That's the amount of money that's being essentially given to consumers and, and all that rest of it and small businesses. That's what everyone can see. That's what they're talking about. Here's what's in it for you. You're going to get a check for this amount of money. You're going to be qualified for this amount of unemployment, whether you are self-employed or not. You're going to be da-da-da-da. Okay, so it, that's what everyone's focused on, but here's the real truth. The amount of money that the Fed is injecting into the economy through stimulus, quantitative easing, whatever you want to call it, doesn't really matter, is unlimited. Um, for a while they were saying it was gonna be limited to six trillion dollars, and now they basically said it's unlimited. They literally have said there's no limit to how much money is gonna be injected into the U.S. economy. No limit. <laughs> I don't know if you guys understand the ramifications of that. And truthfully, I I conceptually understood it, but I didn't really completely understand it. So here's just a, for example, um, if you are a city, and or a business for that matter, and you have issued debt in the form of a bond or something like that, you're trying to raise money. And in an economy like this, let's say for example you're a city and you're trying to raise money, or you have outstanding debt, or you're trying to essentially create long-term debt obligations for the sake of basically the betterment of your community or your business. In a market like this, no one's going to buy it, but the Fed is buying it. So the Fed is buying all these bonds and they're going to start buying all this debt. The Fed is going to buy car loans. They said that. The Fed is going to buy these mortgage loans. This is the reason that we're quite confident that everyone's going to be able to get a 12-month forbearance on their mortgages. The Fed is going to start buying everything that was before only for sale to essentially private investors. I'm even hearing that hedge funds of all things the most speculative of investment vehicles really they're supposedly going to get a bailout too so all everything that you think is normal about how things are bought and sold you're all of a sudden going to have the Fed that you're going to have to compete with. So why is that unfair? So if Julie and I wanted to buy, let's say, a, a you just put, pick your financial instrument, it doesn't really matter. We have to earn the money, save the money, you know, pay the taxes on the money, and then we get to go out and buy the thing in the open marketplace. But right now, and forever, I think, it's not going to change back. There is no unringing of the bell. There was none back in 2007 through 2009. Um, the Fed doesn't pull the money back out. It can't. It won't this time. I'm going to have to, Julie's going to have to compete with the Fed. So, we're, if you guys go and want to buy a house today, say for example, and again, you have to earn the money, you have to do all the right things to get qualified for the mortgage if you're not paying cash, the whole thing. Well, if you all of a sudden are competing with this entity called the Fed or the government or whatever, you know, you knew Ackerman acronyms they come up with for these things that are gonna start buying all these financial instruments. How's that fair? It's not. You're never gonna be able to win because if they want to create more money, all they do is go to their keyboard and hit some buttons. Now you're saying, Tim, well, you know, th- what are you talking about? The the debt, US debt is owned by the Chinese, it's owned by the Germans, it's owned by the whatever. But here's the thing guys, the Fed is buying its own debt now. So the Fed is creating its own market it's creating currency and buying its own debt. So, how can I explain that? Let's say, for example, you wanted to go out and buy that house. If all it took for you to buy the house was for you to go and create uh, the money, so you just go to your keyboard and you create the money. In order for you to create that money, let's say, in the old rules, you had to then get somebody, and then you said, okay, I'm going to create this money, I'm going to create this debt. Then I'm gonna, um, I'll pay this much, I'll pay 3% interest, I'll pay it after 10 years, who wants to buy it? And what happens is the fewer the people that want to buy it, the more interest I have to pay. Okay, you're not willing to buy my 10-year debt for 3%, I'm gonna raise it to 3.1, 3.2, 3.3, it doesn't ever go this high, but you guys get the gist. So it's like a reverse auction. You have to essentially pay people to buy your debt. That's what's basically traditionally happened in how the US uh, economy, has, in essence, survived all these years since the gold standard was uh, done away with by Nixon That's how we've raised money. That's how we've incurred this debt and created debt because we have all these global debt obligations. And the way we've done it is basically we get people to believe that we'll pay the debt back by you know this is the interest rate we'll pay. And in this in these auction environments, in essence, is what they are. Then what you'll see is you see essentially different entities, and sometimes it's private investors, and you know it's sovereigns, which are you know another way of saying foreign countries. They then will agree. I'll buy your debt provide you pay me this interest and it's done okay now here's what's happening nobody wants to buy the debt so last week or the week before uh, same thing happened debt offering okay nobody wants to buy the debt foreign countries don't want to buy the debt China is worrying about their own economy West Germany their own economy so the traditional no private investors were buying the debt so what was happening is that interest rate that was being obligated to pay in order to get people to agree to buy your debt the number was going higher and higher and then the Fed started buying its own debt so now Think about how convoluted that is. So we're now in a world where in essence, remember you guys heard the negative interest rate thing? That's what this is that that's how this works. Then the reason the rates are becoming negative is because the Fed is buying its own debt. So you can then you're back in front of your computer, you want to buy that house, you have to create money. So you go to your money creating software program. You have nobody that wants to buy that debt. And then you say, shit, I'll just buy it myself. I'll buy my own debt. I can create as many, as much money as I want to, as fast as I want to, as buy as much as I want to. That's what's exactly is happening now. So think of it this way, guys. There's, it takes two to tango, right? If you want to tango, you need a partner. And right now, there is no partner for the Fed. There is nobody that wants to dance with the Fed. So the Fed just created its own partner and it's dancing with itself. And that's the new... This is how this is going to work long term. This does. Once this starts happening, the rest of the world... It's called monetization of your debt. And you're going to start hearing a lot more about that. So one of the best ways to pay your debt back, if you have the ability to create your money, is to create more of your own money. And then you can basically pay the debt back with the new money you created, right? So if I owe Julie $1,000, but I can create my own, uh, literally, I can go into my computer with my money-making software program, and I can create $1,000 and pay her back, well, guess what I'm going to do? Now, if I can do that with an unlimited, I just constantly, because I can always, I don't have to wait around for someone to buy my debt. I'm now buying my own debt. Do you guys see how this can't last forever? Do you guys see how this is kind of insane? Because it is. This is called fiat currency. This is this is what happens when basically sovereigns are able to create, you know, countries are able to create their own currency that's not backed by anything. And Look, I know this is bizarre to many of you. It was bizarre to me when I first started studying this like probably 20 years ago. But it, it is really, really fascinating, um, especially in a time like this, because what you've seen is you've seen literally in just the past two weeks. I can't interrupt my mind around it. You've seen a sea change in literally the way the global economy works. This is going to change the rules for everything. I'm hearing and I'm starting to read about the Fed doing bailouts of airlines, of doing, and like, here, I'll give you an example. Boeing went to the Fed and said we're screwed if you don't give us money this happened last week and the fed said we'll give you money but we want seats on your board what that means is a government takeover of private industry Boeing actually then said no we're not going to take your money because we don't want to give you seats on the board Um, and then actually then the fed said well because you are a you know a really important industry we're going to let we're going to give you the money and we're not going to take seats on your board But that's not going to happen for every business. So all these businesses that you hear that are going to start getting bailouts, guys, it's everything. You're hearing about the travel industry, the restaurant industry. You're hearing about the everything industry. What's going to happen is the Fed now is going to allow them to have these low interest loans in exchange for what amounts to ownership in their businesses, in industry. So you're seeing a government takeover. It's government
1: shark tank. It's government
0: shark (laughs) tag, exactly. But you're going to see a government takeover of the most important industries in the United States. And that's never happened before. Not like this. Uh, That's never in in the history. You can go back in the history of, 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 like, there is no example, just to bottom line it for you guys, of a fiat currency that ends well. (laughs) They all fail. They all fail in big, nasty ways because this exact pattern repeats itself. People start realizing they don't have to work for money. And, hey, and
1: all the while, doesn't this basically cause inflation to happen, and then everything oh yeah, is more expensive Oh yeah, that's where that's where we're going. And right,
0: and so like Tim. Yeah. Uh,
1: Unsustainable.
0: Well, I had somebody asked me this question. I thought it was a really great question. I had to research the answer. Why was it that after 2008, when the Fed put a trillion dollars in the economy, plus all the quantitative easing, why wasn't there inflation? And the interesting thing that I learned, listening to Peter Schiff, by the way, is there was, there is and was inflation as a result of that money. And by the way, the money was never pulled out of the economy. It's still there. It's in the form of, it went to the stock market bubble, which a lot of people believe we're seeing the deflation of, and and here's the one that's relevant to all of you guys, real estate. So the reason that real estate prices went up, and the reason a lot of, um, I'll guess you'll call it, you know, securities went up, and other things too, for that matter, collector cars, some other asset forms went up, is because all the free money, all the, that trillion dollars needed to flow somewhere, and that's where it went. And this time around, with an unlimited amount of money, it's inevitable that you're gonna see a pattern that's gonna repeat where you're gonna see, in inflation, guys, you do see the cost of everything goes up. Now, I know you're gonna say, well, that means real estate values are gonna go up. Yes, the cost to buy real estate will absolutely go up. But this time around, so will everything else. So last time, and I mean by last time, I only mean 2007 through 2009, last time you saw Uh, the cost of real estate started to go up but the cost of everything else didn't really go up in lockstep so in other words uh, come you know gas uh, milk eggs clothes, all that stuff didn't go up at the same time but it is this time so everything is going to go up in cost and you're going to feel it so even if your house let's say it's a total shit show of inflation and let's say your house is you know five hundred thousand dollars and let's say five years from now it's worth a million dollars it, that would be what it would cost, and you're saying, well, Tim, how is that a bad thing? See, this is how, frankly, this is how ill-informed dummies are explaining it. Well, inflation is good for real estate because it's going to cause the cost to go up. It will cause the cost to go up, but everything else will go up too. So you won't really get the benefit of the increase in the in the cost. You're using your current brain thinking, well, crap, if my house doubles in value and doubles in cost, um, that's going to make me rich. Well, it doesn't really make you rich because that gallon of milk that you are buying for $3.50 or whatever gallons, what a gallons of milk cost? Is that about right? Three fifty?
1: Depends on where you're shopping, but yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Well, it's going to be probably $15. Yeah. The, you, it's easy to make fun of all these people hoarding commodities like toilet paper, but the fact, the fact is, is that long run, the cost of everything is going to go up dramatically. This is the only way this ends. It does not end well. So people who are polyannically saying, well, it's going to be better, real estate's going to return and the f- you know, duh, 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 duh. they're wrong. They're all wrong. They can't. It won't. It that's not what's going to happen. What's going to happen next and I'm, and I, we're quite certain about this but not positive. So this is where we're stepping into the we reserve the right to be wrong stage mm-hmm. of the Sure. Yeah. I mean this is what Julie and I talk about. This is how This is how boring it is to be us. (laughs) Poor
1: Zoe. (laughs) Poor Zoe. Yeah, you know what? She's gonna have kind of a weird outlook. Zoe's starting to
0: to say funny (laughs) words. She's six, so but she's starting to pick up on funny things. Like I was playing Peter Schiff on his podcast yesterday when I was walking around with Julie and Zoe was listening and she's starting to say say funny words that are coming out of her mouth that aren't appropriate for a six year old like quantitative easing. What's the Fed? <laughs> yeah, it is I know. <laughs> Isn't it funny? I know. Or she'll
1: see a picture of some of the people that, you know, like we'll be watching on YouTube and she'll see that. Is that what that guy looks like that you always listen to? Well, Julie, and I, tuned in, man, Julie in and, and I were way.
0: on our um, Members Only Facebook page and there are pictures of Julie and I cleaned up with nice haircuts and oh, whatnot. Oh,
1: well, that was funny. This, at, was that this morning?
0: That was this morning week? at, yeah. at uh, an event we did. And We <laughs> were
1: wearing a suit and a tie and, and, and my hair wearing, lo- like a business dress. My hair
0: didn't look like clown hair. <laughs> <laughs> and and Zoe and Zoe goes, Daddy, is that you? <laughs> she goes, Do you have a business? Where was that? Was that a meeting? <laughs> like, well, it's because oh, she, goodness. Julie, and I are introverts, <laughs> and she's a total extrovert. So she's thinking, Why am I not there? Why can't we go and meet all those nice yeah. people? And I had to remind her she actually did go to that she meeting. She was there. She was. I was in Austin. Just
1: to See a picture well, of herself to believe it.
0: You know, so here's what's going to happen, guys. There is going to be a crash in real estate values and in and, and prices but then the inflation's going to and i say kick in cuz i really have no idea how fast it's going to happen but then the, then things are going to start inflating but in the short run there is no doubt there's going to be a crash in house values it's impossible that there won't be a crash in house values simply because the unemployment post apocalypse and, and please understand when i say that you know post pandemic there is no real post pandemic we're just in a new era or in that sort of a. There bit.
1: will be post-virus, or there will be yeah. post-extreme virus, but the economic effects will lag on. That's and what on. we're
0: focused on, right? And There's- I think
1: the housing, the inevitable housing crash, isn't going to be instantaneous. We've got to work through some of the processes that are in place now of people not making their mortgage payments, and some people not getting evicted, and all that kind of stuff. Well, so of that play out.
0: For the next twelve months, you're probably there's probably going to be a nice reprieve because, you know, people aren't going to be losing their houses because they can get twelve month mortgage forbearances. Oh, you know what? We didn't tell them. So listen, guys, the free coaching program that we came out with, and uh, this includes all the information. We're updating this constantly. You know, we should take a step back, then we'll go back to house values, okay? Sure. Um, because I want to make sure they. They understand. Mm-hmm. Look, guys, just so you're clear, all these programs that are coming out, you're morally obligated to exploit all of them to the fullest. Honestly, you are. You're going to be given opportunities to have what amounts to free money. Take it all. That's the truth. You just,
1: must protect your cash flow.
0: Yep. Just just take it all. So we've gathered. Like, there's going to be unemployment benefits the self-employed can come out with. They can get it uh, taken. You know, you can take advantage of those. I think, what is it, Julie? $600 a week?
1: Yes, for up to four months currently, but again, I'm sure they'll it's going to be extended.
0: So we're going to post on this new website, and I'm going to give you the information how to access it. You're pushing that, by the way. It's going to break it. Uh, we're posting all the latest information on all the programs, but also how you can actually apply for unemployment. We put our staff on. The job, I think I signed it on Saturday, Mm -hmm. going about finding how to apply for all these programs for every state. So that's going to be posted on the website. We're also posting as much of the mortgage forbearance information as we can get our hands on. Every single mortgage company phone number, email, everything you're supposed to do. Uh, we're thinking the next two weeks there's going to be one process. There's not going to be unique processes right now. There's unique processes. All that information is waiting for you. Forbearances on mortgage our uh, car payments. Forbearances on credit card payments. Forbearances on every single thing you could imagine is what you must be doing now. you're also going to be given opportunities through the SBA, and we're going to have that information on there too, the Small Business Administration, to get grants. A grant is money you don't have to pay back as a small business owner. You're going to be given low-interest or no-interest loans that are going to have probably... um, Interest and in payment forbearances for five years. We're going to tell you how to apply for all of that and all and that
1: student loans. You know, you're of course, be student given loans. Given some money for that.
0: The new program wipes out ten to thirty thousand dollars <laughs> no. of everyone's student loans. We're going to tell you how to apply for that. So all this information, as we get it, we're posting real time, constantly. Usually six or seven times a day, we're updating the content on this website. You need to get this information. It's free. Um, it's part of our uh, the free coaching program that we came out with in response to this you know really this national global crisis and the gist of the program or the bottom line the backbone of this program are the three parts of our survival guide It's called the ultimate agent survival guide where the first one obviously is personal and then you have protect and then you have profit so what we're doing is we're breaking down exactly what you should be doing in three defined stages we're sticking in the personal uh, stage for longer than maybe we should because I have a feeling a lot of you aren't paying attention Absolutely, positively do this now. Text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link. You just click the little link and then you go there and you establish your uh, username and password. And then you can log in and you go to the section that that is there for you to download and start absolutely going there every single day for information. We have a um, daily semi-private coaching call that we're including with that program for free. Now, just so you know, this is not, and I don't want you to even remotely think this is the same thing as our coaching program, Premier Coaching. It's a fraction of what we offer in Premier Coaching. What what we're giving you is the essence of the survival guide, and we're giving as much drill-down detail as we can some people are criticizing us because we're not just putting it on the website so you can download it and the reason we're not doing it is because we're updating it constantly and I do not want to have my staff who's already basically working to the bone go and have to constantly update information and there's a whole bunch of other reasons too because if we post information and a day later you guys have shared it a million places and then the information changes then someone's going to read the opposite information and blame us for posting bad information so I'm not going to do that it's all going to go on this website so all you have to do text the word survival to 31996 text the word survival to 31996 guys we are we have led and this is braggadocious i know but it's true we have been warning you guys that something like this was going to happen we, You can watch our old youtube videos listen to our own podcast we knew something like this was going to happen did we know it's going to be predicated on a global pandemic hell no but it is and now what's going to happen afterwards is what we've been hopefully preparing most of you for and really, guys, it's going to happen about 10 times faster than Julie and I predicted. Did we know that there was going to be a, an epic reset in the economy? Yes. Did we know that it was going to adversely affect housing? Yes. Did we know that it was going to basically probably lead to essentially um, the failure of the U.S. dollar, which we think is going to happen over the next you know, maybe two or three years? We did, actually. Did we really talk about it to the point where you guys were going to really listen? Probably not as much as we should have, and we're going to make that up for you in the following podcasts and on that free website. Well,
1: nobody was quite ready for that message in the middle of a housing, well, a housing boom and an economic boom, and yeah. all of that. I mean, but here's the but thing. But now we're in reality,
0: right? But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, mark my word. Yeah. The very fact that you and I are talking about what we just said about essentially the US dollar essentially losing its status of the petrodollar globally which some of you guys don't even know what I'm talking about but here's the bottom line the very fact that Julie and I believe we're gonna go back on a gold standard in whatever currency we have whether it's called the US dollar or something else is gonna be backed by gold the very fact that we're saying that a lot of you're gonna write us off and stop listening so that's the reason we didn't say it a couple years ago, but we're saying it now, and if you want to write us off and stop listening, it's at your own detriment yep. because what's happened in the past couple weeks has been something that no one would have ever predicted for. Guys, we have global quarantines here in Puerto Rico.
1: Radical. Ours just got worse. And we, We've been uh, under lockdown lo- almost... I think maybe we were even the first of all the states or territories since my birthday, March 12th. Yep. And then uh, Friday night, they announced it's going to get even tighter. So now... On our little island of three million people, we're not allowed out in the wild. But for three days a week, it depends on what your license plate ends in. And instead of cour- or instead of uh, curfew being f- starting at 9 p.m., they took that back to 7 p.m. And on top of that, nobody's allowed out on Sunday. So who would have ever predicted that we'd all be no cool one's with that? Nobody's allowed out yeah, on nothing, Sunday. Really? Nothing. Nobody. Nothing is open. You're not even getting gas for your car on Sunday. Huh? That I didn't know. So, we'll just do more podcasts.
0: Yeah, which is what we're doing today, Sunday. It's not our
1: deal much, but.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well.
1: But but, you know who, if you had said that to, if we had said that to each other, hey, guess what we're going to be doing in three weeks, three weeks ago, we wouldn't have believed that. We would have thought that's crazy talk.
0: But here we are. If you guys aren't familiar with dystopian science fiction books, I'm sort of a fan of them. I almost always have one that I'm listening to here and there on um, Audible. So this is dystopian. This is your dystopian future. We're well, living in it right now. there's just no here. zombies out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dystopian future Minus is basically is what we're all living in now. And and just so you guys know, we're not going to be talking a lot about the pandemic no. itself. Other people you do that. You get enough of that on your own. Yeah, you get enough of that. And I'm sort of burned down on all of it anyway there's here I'll, here I'll tell you what the bottom line is guys if you want to know cut through all bullshit nobody knows there it is i just told you nobody knows we don't know it's impossible to know nobody knows what's gonna happen to the pandemic nobody knows how fast it's going to spread nobody knows how many people are going to die nobody knows when the um when there's going to be a you know a quote-unquote cure for it nobody knows nobody well, knows about
1: your your uh, dystopian movies you know at least if it was zombies you'd you'd know because you could see them and they were going to bite you You know, I think this is is almost worse because of all those unknowns. And I think this is the new reality is that we're just going to have to work through it, live through it, and accept the fact that everything will be different. So there's that.
0: Yeah. So moving forward, guys, housing is going to crash. It's inevitable that it's going to crash for one simple reason that... People are losing their jobs at a rate never seen before, like the unemployment rate inside two weeks is now as high as it's been in 50 years. And it's, there's, all indications are it's going to completely uh, go through the roof to the point where at least 20% of everyone you know is going to be without a job. I want you to think about that for a second. One in five people you know is going to be without a job. Technically, you as a real estate agent, if you're not doing transactions, you are one of those one in five people. If the rate increases even more, then you're going to be looking at unemployment that we've never seen before, not even since the Great Depression. This is going to be something that's going to change everything, like for example, people's confidence. And this is this relates back to housing. Interest rates are going to, without a doubt, be stupid low. That's definitely going to happen, but the only reason interest rates are stupid low is again because the fed is buying its own debt and making it so that essentially the you know mortgage rates are pinned to the at the uh, securities that they're purchasing they're going to keep on purchasing them that's where the other trillions that you aren't hearing about is going you know it's 2 trillion that everyone's talking about but it's really an unlimited trillion it's not 6 trillion it's an unlimited amount of trillions the initial surge of 2 trillion is going to grow to probably 6 trillion 10 trillion no one's really even going to know Th- the fed is legally obligated to report what they're buying but not until sometime in the future the total GDP of the United States 22 trillion dollars basically you're going to see the Fed have to create and replace realistically obviously now they're thinking it's what you know 10% it's going to go to 20% maybe even more of the US GDP and
1: that's that's not just for one year that's ongoing that'll be ongoing right well it's
0: because you change the nature of how everything works by what they're doing you change the nature of how uh, the confidence that people have about everything, and the reason that we think it's inevitable that there's going to be a housing crash because a prices are in many markets they're just they've they're ahead of their skis big time it's it's unrealistic, but you're going to see incomes in the short term this is short term prediction guys you're going to see a housing crash followed by inflation followed by prices going through the roof during the housing crash during the low interest rates. It is incredibly important that anyone who's thinking about buying a house absolutely locks it in on long-term, 30-year, if God knows, maybe someone comes out with 40-year mortgage. At these ridiculously low rates, we strongly encourage you not, and this is crazy because we always said pay cash, don't pay cash for your house, lock in that low interest rate as low of a payment as you can, because inflation will basically make the house for free. Don't buy more house than you can realistically afford. Don't make it so that you lose your house if you know things get worse in your personal economy. But do buy a house and do lock in long-term uh, low rates and then what's going to happen next in the short term there's going to be a crash because all the things that you know it just makes sense unemployment lack of confidence that's not just going to go away in 60 to 90 days after someone declares the pandemic's behind us it's going to linger because the the what the tread what the uh, what the fed has done the re, look the fed has said we're going to provide this unemployment for 120 days but realistically It's gonna go on forever. During the last crash, where they only put in less than a trillion dollars, that went on pretty much what for five years? They kept on extending, 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 extending. Same thing is gonna happen. You I have said this before, but it's so true. You guys really think in an election year there's a Democrat or a Republican or a libertarian like Julie and I who's actually gonna come out and say, you know what? Y'all have received enough of that free Fed money. We're now going to basically—you can't get it anymore in an election year. You really think that's going to happen? So you're going to be looking at unemployment, uh, uh, you know, call them benefits, unemployment benefits. You're going to be looking at these mortgage moratoriums, all kinds of payment moratoriums that last realistically for a year, maybe longer. And this could just become a new permanent form of welfare just everyone will qualify for. Andrew Yang was proposing universal basic income and other people were as well. Probably this is what it's going to become. In essence, the United States it's going to start becoming more and more socialist. The government takeover of private business, guys, that's not socialist. That's actually communist. That's what happens in a communist revolution. So whatever is do you want to subscribe to in the short run, focusing on how you guys can make money and take care of families. That's what Julie and I have been focused on in that free coaching program. That's the reason we're saying exploit every single free program that comes your way. We're going to tell you about all of them in real time. Just text the word survival to 31996. So in the short run, there's going to be a housing crash followed by what we think is going to be ridiculous amounts of inflation that we've never seen before in our lifetimes. Um, and there is no there is no benchmark or peril. Anybody, including Julie and I, that you're listening to pontificate about what they think is going to happen. At best, they're going to only be marginally right because this has never happened before. There's never been a government called intervention or government stimulus, whatever you want to call it, in the history of humanity that's like this. There's never been anything that's happened like this. And it, everything you think like, you know, we can drill down and we're going to talk more about this starting this week, what you're going to do in the protect phase. We're going to be talking more about what lead generation, what things you need to be doing to make money. We've been talking about that on and off for the last two weeks, but next week, we're really going to drill down, which will be fun because we can sort of move away from these things, these particular topics. Unless, of course, you guys want us to talk about them. Um, but this is what we see is going to be happening in the future. We're going to, and again, we're going to constantly be updating you. We're going to be obviously not fearful of being contrarians. I know the real estate industry wants to all, they're all saying the same thing. Work on your mindset. How can you work on your mindset if your kids are hungry?
1: How- your mindset's going to be in the gutter if you don't take care of your own personal stuff first. I it, mean, that's what people fail to realize. And, and there's been so many, remember when the secret was hot and we could all just uh, sit around and think about it and how that worked out. You have to do the work, people. <laughs> just saying, take care of, that's why we led with personal not with profit of course we're going to get you guys into profit in the new world it's going to be different but none of that will matter if you're freaking out financially mentally emotionally you can't let that happen so that's why we're leading with personal and spending a bit more time on that than we probably usually would
0: you won't make it into the profit section you won't have the money to uh, to make profit with um, or the knowledge to make profit with unless you do these things in the order in which we're giving them to you, the first thing to do is protect, so absolutely go and get that information and if you want obviously just go there guys and listen to all the past. Julie, are we putting the past podcasts on the uh that website we should be
1: i I will remind you to make sure
0: well, or just directly uh, communicate with Tom and Karen and tell them to do that. Okay. All the podcasts should be going on there, yeah, um so there it is, guys now, how do you feel <laughs> You know, that's, that's a fun question. Julie, how do you feel? How are you- I,
1: I mean, part of me feels exhausted on the whole dramatic shift that didn't take very long to occur and keeping up with all of that. And, and, of course, you know, our obligation to keep these guys uh, frosty on all the different programs. That's part of it. But I am also cautiously optimistic for... You know, There's always going to be some good and some silver lining, and, and we've worked really hard with our coaching clients and our podcast listeners and our Facebook people to keep their heads screwed on straight through this. And that's that's why I think we're a little frustrated that uh, maybe we have a lot of pressure to, to be the leadership through this, and that's okay, and we accept it, and we'll run with it. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to give myself a little media-free afternoon before we get into the thick of it again. I
0: know why you're frustrated, though. Yeah. You're frustrated because all the other people in our industry that are supposed to be leaders are—they
1: need to, yeah. They're uh, hacks. I, I, they're I, not. They're I, not leading. I feel like it would have been nice to have somebody else doing a little bit of the heavy lifting, but Truthfully, that's okay. It's I agree. all right. It's all right. I agree. And I think some of that. Um, I th- I think our confidence to move them forward and our impetus to have podcasts like what we've been doing does stem from our actual experience with a lot of this not just 9-11 and the housing crash and all of that but you know having seen agents and brokers struggle before on things that were not as dramatic and now they've got to live through this
0: so, so. i'll give you guys a for example so i'm gonna ask julie this question and i'm gonna and you guys just listen in she doesn't know what i'm gonna ask her she's actually texting herself a reminder yeah your mic sister Oops. Yeah. So, Julie, are you personally afraid for our own personal economy?
1: Uh, am I afraid? No. Am I uh, watching things and anticipate having to shift some stuff around? Absolutely. I, I don't think we can be complacent. Just like these can't, guys can't be complacent. We're we going to watch those programs too, and you know, take advantage of what we can. And and I, I mean, what happened immediately for us is we're already hearing from our tenants.
0: Yep. We probably have some listening right now. <laughs> You're going. All right. Not paying yeah. my rent. Well, uh, so here's the thing, guys. Julie's confident for our own personal economy. In other words, we've been preparing for this financially in a lot of other ways. But here's the thing. The way we've prepared for this is probably wrong. And that's the thing that's I'm, again, just in real time learning. For example, we have, let's say, for example, you guys have cash reserves for 90 days, 120 days a year. It doesn't really, however much. It's a really, when inflation kicks in, What happens is your cash basically, let's say you've saved up to 100 grand, you know, whatever, that 100 grand essentially starts to lose value instantaneously. So the people that are hurt the worst are, frankly, people like Julie and I who've (laughs) paid our shit off and who have money saved. And those are the people in a time like this, the people that have played by the rules, the people that have not overspent, overlived, overindulged, taken out too much debt, the people like us. Who some of you are, are the ones that get screwed the most.
1: Yeah, we may regret having paid off rental properties. I never thought in a million years I'd say I know. that. That's what
0: I was talking to you about crazy. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and why is that true? Because what happens is the value of our money that we have saved when, uh, when inflation kicks in, we'll have less buying power as the days tick by. Julie, there's a great story hmm. that I heard yesterday. So, um, I don't even want to try to say these words right because they're in German. But essentially, during a hyperinflation phase after World One World War One in Germany, mm-hmm. the um, what's the Deutschmark? That's what it is. Mm-hmm. The Deutschmark became essentially it was experienced inflation called hyper I- and then hyperinflation. Actually, no, I don't think they called it the Deutschmark after World War One. I. I think the Deutschmark. The Frank. No, was no, Frank thing? is France. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't matter. So here's German the story. Money. German money after World War I and they were in, in essentially after World War one Germany was essentially put on asshole Island by essentially <laughs> Europe and yeah. america and um, we gave we everyone is, wanted to punish Germany, make them pay b- back you know war reparations for the damage they you know did for europe and so Germany essentially became a massive debtor state they had a fiat currency they tried to print their way out of it they couldn't and, and so there's a story and I think there's pictures of this online I need to take pictures mm-hmm. of it. Of a lady pushing a wheelbarrow to try to go buy bread. So she goes and she pushes this massive yeah. bar- wheelbarrow full of money to the local bakery, who is only open for a half a day a week. And um, she goes in and she tr- you know, gets in line to buy bread. And she comes back out. Someone had dumped the money out into the street and stolen the wheelbarrow. So the wheelbarrow itself had more value than, than the, the money. money.
1: You know what's really weird about that, Tim? My grandma told me that exact story. Did she really? That exact story. I, I absolutely remember that.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> mean, weird. you and I are just looking at each other, yeah, not knowing like, what to say. <laughs> yeah, see, this, this but, but
1: that's a great illustration, and it, it's, it's it, you know, it puts... That's why I remember it, is because right. I had that vision. And, and, it's, and I remember her telling me this story as a kid, thinking, now, how could a wheelbarrow be worth more than piles of cash? How could that be? But it's because of what you're talking
0: about. So that's the that's the sort of paradigm shift that none of us have ever lived through. And every time there's been some sort of um, this Keynesian economic theory, where essentially the Fed's supposed to you know backbone everything, private business, everything else. Th- all these guys are doing in the government, and all the, these guys are doing in the Fed is they're just essentially playing out what they believe to be something that they should be doing but it's never actually been tested before so it not tested like it's being tested now
1: and not tested on an economy and an ethos and on a country like where we live
0: to say we're capitalistic isn't in nature is true but to say we have a capitalistic country right now is not true we're 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 essentially becoming something akin to China and how that government works in, in relation to business. I'm not saying communism, but maybe, right? Hopefully not. But the reality of it is in China, essentially there's business involvement and ownership of, of, uh, in government intertwining of everything, Huawei phones and all the rest of it. You guys know about that. But in China, essentially everything is essentially co-owned by the government. You cannot start a business there and not have the government as your partner. Um, I don't know where this is all going to go, but probably something like that, and that's essentially what the government is doing now. You know, we, you want us to bail you out, Mister Travel Agency or Mister Cruise Industry. Well, guess what? We need board seats, and then we're going to have ownership in the company. That's what's ha- taking place now. Again, never taken place before. It's difficult to wrap all of our minds around w- what that will feel like. But here's the thing: I got, I want you all to understand. There's my Texas coming out when I said y'all. y'all is that yeah. even in times like this there are opportunities to make money. It does not matter and, and you know the funny thing is is there are going to be people that make more money now than really they ever could have in the in the past economy. Just for the very sake that the Fed's going to be pumping an unlimited amount of money. If you're smart, if you're prudent and if you're quick, when you for example, when you get your <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say it without saying the word bullshit. When you get your bullshit stimulus check in the mail in the next two weeks, it's going to arrive sometime in April. Here's what I want you to do with it. Buy silver. Oh, Tim, what are you talking about? No, we're not sponsored by Monex or anybody else. Buy silver. And buy silver in bullion form. Don't buy was it nomistics or nom, you know, new,
1: new, new mastics, new whatever it is?
0: Don't buy collector coins. We're not saying no, that by buy
1: standard issue normal silver,
0: bullion, and buy it's called bullion. So, buy like um, it doesn't matter what the country is. And a lot of you don't know anything about this, but absolutely buy silver and absolutely buy gold again. Don't buy the fancy collector crap. Buy just the, like if you go right now and you, you Google gold spot price. What that means, essentially, is it's telling you what the global value of gold is per ounce. The global value of gold or silver per ounce is the same in every country. And what's going to happen, and this is absolutely inevitable, baked in, there's no two ways about it, is the fiat fiat currencies are fake money where basically, did you guys know that (laughs) we're totally on a diatribe? You realize that? It's interesting, though. (laughs) I, the- I mean, we might have only three listeners right now, but I think it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. it, the dollars used to say um, back... Essentially, they are backed by gold. When you go back pre-Nixon, right. the the currency was backed by gold. It said that on the dollars. And now, what does it say now? Backed by the full faith and whatever of the U.S. government. In other words, it's backed by nothing.
1: And we can just make more if we feel like and
0: it. And we do. And it's going to happen. And the world's basically having and all the other fiat currencies in the world are doing the same thing, and it's all going to end badly. And I'm afraid. And this is really where my mind is at because I asked Julie if we're protecting our own asses because I'm not sure we're doing the right moves right now, and I just told you where my mind is going, is we have to put our own money, our own cash, our own assets in things that won't devalue or won't essentially lose its buying power during uh, inflation, let alone hyperinflation. It's impossible to know how soon this is going to happen, whether it happens, but I think it's going to happen faster than anyone can possibly predict, just like what's happened now just has happened since Julie's birthday on March 12th. I mean, that's insane how quick we've gone into this lockdown, you know, dystopian future we're not allowed to go out on Sundays evidently I just learned that from yeah, Julie no Sunday I mean, for you. yeah and and you think you guys think over the next couple months there's not going to be more of the draconian measures from more governments well, happening of course yeah, it is
1: absolutely and so I think what you're saying is to invest in something that's more stable and more predictable right. than what the U.S. dollar is going to do right so
0: what happens is and, and so this is the other thing you hear people say how is it that you know people are going to want to have toilet paper and guns and butter and bullets and things like that? Yes, all well, that's true. And maybe it's a really good time for you to start buying up some of those commodities that you're going to use. And worst case scenario, if inflation never kicks in and makes your guns and butter, bullets and toilet paper go through the roof and cost, you still are going to use it eventually. So just stockpile it. That's probably not a bad idea. Things like meat and canned foods. And everyone's a prepper now. That's what's happened as there's all this. I
1: know. The preppers are like, see, told you so.
0: Yeah, everyone's a everyone's a prepper, and mm-hmm. everyone's becoming a Democrat. That's what's right. happening. Yes, <laughs> I know. mean, that's the essence. If you're sitting, if you think you're a staunch Republican, and um, stop you know, going
1: to the mailbox, if that's what you're
0: saying, yeah, stop <laughs> waiting to see when your check arrives. Okay, <laughs> you know, but so maybe it never happens. But worst case scenario, you have a big stockpile of stuff that you'll u- have used anyway but if it does happen what's going to happen is all the things that you've gotten used to buying and you know are going to go through the roof double triple quadruple and then you're not going to be able to afford it the wheelbarrow story we just tell you that's going to that could hypothetically play out in real time in a freaking blink that's what I'm, I'm actually fearful is going to happen so what are we going to do with our money our reserves and same thing you guys should look into doing research all this on your own is you need to be putting it in something that won't lose value so in the short run you can't eat your gold and you can't eat your silver. So stop saying that. A lot of people will make fun of the theory. But what happens is, is after things calm down in the post of whatever's next, in the post-dollar collapse, in the post-currency collapse, and whatever happens next, okay, it'll happen quick. It'll happen slow. It'll Whatever form it takes, it's going to happen. It's inevitable. There's no way that much money fake money that's being created it's pumped into our economy and the global economy there's no way that's not going to come home to roost in a very bad way in the form of inflation and then eventually what's happened is it and it's the wheelbarrow story all over again keep all these things in mind so after people settle down in realizing a wheelbarrow money won't buy a loaf of bread then what's going to happen is the world's going to say okay we need to get back to having some form of currency because let's say and the reason you need currency is very simple let's say you know julie has a dozen eggs and I have uh, a pair of shoes. And I want Julie's eggs, and fortunately she wants my shoes. So that's a good exchange. So I can sell Julie, I can swap those eggs for my shoes, it all works out. But what happens if my shoes, it, what if she doesn't want my shoes? What if all of a sudden I have this nice pair of shoes that fit her, but she's good, she's good with shoes. She's got enough shoes to last her a lifetime, but I want her eggs? I have nothing to barter with her. I have nothing I can exchange. That's the reason money exists. Because then, I can give her something that, you know, $10, $20, $100. I can give her the money and then the money, then she can use whatever she wants to be using it for. You guys understand? That's the reason money ultimately exists. Otherwise, we have to basically figure out a barter system where hopefully I have something you want and you have something I want and then we can do business. Without money, that doesn't exist. That's really the simplistic way to look at it, but that is the existence of money right there. That's the reason it was created. So eventually what's going to happen, is you're going to roll up to your, you know, bakery with your, and it's probably digital. You might have like a, you know, unlimited, you know, a million dollars on your credit card, right? Whatever it is. And you're going to roll into that place where you need, you know, that's going to sell you tires for your car and the tires for your car are going to cost like 40 or 50 grand. You can buy them, but you see how expensive things have gotten. And then you're going to burn through all that cash you have, be it an actual cash or digital currency, which is what currency has essentially become, right? You don't have, generally speaking, people don't have cash. They have a credit card and that's essentially digital currency. We know it's not uh, Bitcoin, that's not what I'm saying. It's, in essence, digital currency. Most people never use money anymore. They use credit cards. That's digital currency. So your digital currency has to be something that the other person wants. And as soon as they stop wanting that, then you're screwed. So if I go to that, again, if I go to that place to put tires on my car, and the guy says, I don't want what your digital currency can buy me, because I don't have confidence that if I take your digital currency or your U.S. dollars or your euros or your yen or your whatever, I'm not confident that that is going to be worth anything, let alone what these tires are going to be worth. So I know these tires in a day are going to be worth this based on inflation, but I don't think the money that you would have otherwise given to me is going to have the buying power that the value of the tires will represent to me if I don't sell them to you. You guys get it? That's essentially what happens in a time like what we're entering into and it's inevitable. So you have to be thinking, what would be the one thing or the things that you can put money into. You've got to have a house. You've got to have a place to live. You've got to have food in your belly. You've got to have, you know, you've got to ultimately have money. And so gold and silver will be where the world then gravitates to. The first country, and you guys remember I said this. What's the date today? Do you even know? It's the 29th. 29th. The first country that starts talking about having a, uh, essentially a precious metals-backed currency it will be the new uh, global superpower as far as currency because everybody's going to want that currency, mm-hmm. which means literally, and this is the way it used to mean in the United States. I don't know if anyone ever did this, but this is this was how it worked legally, I should say, is if you were to take your $100 bill that said this was backed by essentially $100 of gold, you take it to a bank, you could, hypoth- I guess, legally Understand exchange it. that $100 for $100 of the gold. That's basically what's going to happen in the future in some form. And what we think is going to happen and this is not hard to predict, is that people will end up having their own personal hoards of metal that will be stored in places like um, the Texas Gold Depository and the Perth Mint and other places like that. And then what you're going to do is you're not going to be walking around with silver rounds in your pocket. You're going to be walking around with a credit card that's backed by the value of your own personal metal. Just like your credit card now, it's like a debit card, if you can imagine that. And so what you're, what that's going to do is when you want to go out and buy car tires, What's going to happen is the uh, you know essentially the, the cost of or the, what you pay that guy is going to be taken from the, the, the amount of uh, like gold or silver that you have to pay whoever it is that you're buying that product from. Your equivalent amount of metal will be sold in exchange for whatever product or service that you're subscribing or buying. Okay, That's basically the way this is all going to work. So you have to be thinking about what comes after this. Now, is it six months from now? It could be. Honestly, it could be. It's crazy, right? It's crazy that I'm even saying that. Could it be a year? Could it be two years? So what we're going to seriously do, what Julie and I are going to do, is we're going to take some of our cash, and we're going to be doing exactly what we just told you guys. We are, we've been buying gold, since, gold and silver since we were in our 20s. I remember when Julie and I started buying gold, the first time we bought it, we bought it was like 500 or 600 an ounce. Now it's 1,600, and some people are predicting it's going to go to like 10,000. I mean, it's insane that that's true. But I remember people saying it'll never go to 1,000 and then went to 1,000. People said it'll never go to 1,200. This is gold per ounce. And and, and then for a while, um, it was close to 2,000 an ounce. It does make sense to me that that's where you want to put your money. A lot of people who are on the financial channels on Bloomberg, on CNBC, and they're talking about their, you know, this is the greatest time to buy stocks. Why is that possibly true? Over time, maybe that will be true, but now is not the greatest time to be buying stocks because we're in a long-term bear market, which will probably last a decade, which means you should right now be sticking with what we're suggesting with regards to keeping your powder dry, taking care of your own personal finances, and not be buying stocks, which inevitably will be worth less tomorrow just because we have not even come near the peak of the bad news. That it's, we're not even close to the peak unemployment. We're not even close to the uh, peak um, pandemic fallout. None of those things have happened yet. You guys with us in all this, Julia? I mean, yeah. it sounds doomy and gloomy, but you also know, don't you think we have a moral obligation to course. tell these people this?
1: Absolutely. And I mean, what's the worst case scenario? Let's say that we're off a little bit or we're only right by half. And it, you know, it's not even about being right. It's about being frosty enough to take care of yourself moving forward. Then you still end up with, silver and gold and all of that has value which you can sell right it's so you know there's really no mistake move to make on that purchase which there i isn't. like you know the the uh you know fiscally conservative in me where it's like what's your worst case scenario i kind of like that hedge against what could potentially happen so yeah it's good and yeah. i you know i think that a lot of them are going to be thinking well how am i going to handle my real estate practice when You know, this starts to get legs and the news is reporting about this. and There might be a housing crash coming and all this kind of stuff. Well, remember, if you guys, not everybody can remember this, but many of you who are listening, if you go back to the housing crash in 2007, and beyond, it only mattered if you had to sell your house. So you have to live someplace. Your clients have to live someplace. You might as well lock in your low interest rates now. You know, So I don't think that's a bad move. I think that's where some of their minds are going, well, nobody's going to buy anything. No, you still have to live someplace.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, that's a nice pivot. So um, again, Julie and I are talking about what we've been studying intensely. So well, somebody
1: asked Warren Buffett how much he lost in the Great Recession, and he said, not one red cent. And they said, well, how's that? Because I didn't have to sell anything.
0: That's right. You don't realize the loss unless you sell. Well, I did an interview the other day um, with Robert johnson who's you know you guys just go back and listen to the interview and this is how the market julie and i sold real estate and when we sold real estate in columbus ohio there was no appreciation houses would go up with inflation which was roughly two to three percent per year
1: cmas were super easy you just figured out what they paid how many years ago it was and added three percent till you got to the year you were living in
0: and then the listing appointment the listing appointment was mostly telling them that they weren't going to walk away with anything because of the fact that once you took selling fees yeah. off... and you Maybe know, their
1: down payment they'll make back. If
0: they're lucky. They ha- When we sold real estate, you would have to stay in a house about seven years before yeah. you broke even with your improvements. But that wasn't even really true because that doesn't even take into account the interest you paid towards the mortgage, Assets. not to mention the upkeep on the property, right? So the reality of it was, is if you did the math where we sold real estate, it, you never, it never made financial sense. Oh, and you're yet,
1: t- people moved all the time.
0: All the time. I mean, we sold between 100 and 200 homes per year.
1: Without, I mean, I can't even remember a conversation about, well, wow, look how much you made in your house in two years, or three years, or 22 seconds. That was not part of the ethos. It was you know very pure motivation people were getting better schools bigger houses you know better backyards real world very close to home reasons or they were getting relocated or something of that nature but it it certainly wasn't look at the killing you made on your house
0: that, so that's that's so, that's kind of the thing that you guys need to be understanding and julie's point and the reason i bring up rob johnson review because you need to listen to that we we're talking about with him, the fact that in his market, which is one of the most expensive markets on planet earth in Greenwich, Connecticut, um, his market has been in a downward, uh, essentially a depression for ever since he's been selling real estate. And in and mon- and many parts of his market, houses worth half of what they were worth. And these are multi-million dollar losses. But people still buy real estate. And people buy real estate knowing that the property is going to be worth less in a year than it's worth today. How about that? Well, Julie's point, you need a place to live. You need a place to raise your family. Real estate, where there's a you know an entitlement of appreciation, you guys need to get that out of your heads. You need to in in most of you listening have not sold in a in a market that let alone a market like this. Neither have we, by the way. I mean, our buyer's market and. The other things that we've sold through, they're not going to be as bad as this. This is going to be like something none of us have ever experienced before. But we have a taste for it. We know what it's going to be like. I know that vast majority of you have never sold in anything other than a hot seller's market. You don't even know what it means to have conversations where buyers are worried about catching a falling knife. And they are going to catch a falling knife. And they are going to cut their hands, but they still are going to want to buy real estate. And you're going to have to basically learn how to have the scripts and conversations with folks to make it through this market. In the past market, it was a relationships business. It could be if you had a strong center of influence and in past clients, you probably were going to do quite well. Hey, guys, those days are over. You're not going to be able to have a center of influence in past, cl- uh, a past client-based business now. It's not going to work. You're going to have to learn real sales skills and do the thing, learn to do the things you don't want to do when you don't want to do them at the highest level. That's the primary reason why we have always had that mantra because we knew this day of reckoning would come. We knew there would be a time when all the buying buyer lead Mickey Mouse stuff would wane and die, and it's dead, 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 dead. And you guys have to get that in your heads, that those days are over. And if you think you're going to make it through working on buyers, you're not going to work on buyers, and for this, you know, make it with buyers. And the simple fact is, is there's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy, but there are sellers that have to sell. We're going to teach you how to, fo- how to focus on the sellers that have to sell and that's how you're going to thrive in this market. If you don't take that seriously now in front of everybody else, you're going to suffer needlessly. What we're going to start talking about on the podcast, you know we've been on for over an hour, mm-hmm. what we're going to talk about on the podcast starting um, next week, maybe we'll do another podcast today, you never know, we might feel inspired, is we're going to grind it out with you and we're going to tell you exactly the things that you need to be doing now to make money. We are not going to waste time or waste your time and energy or bandwidth talking about all the frivolous silly ass things that you guys have been so you know have become sort of institutionalized in real estate. We're not going to talk about videos, we're not going to talk about Instagram videos, we're not going to talk about centers of influence and past clients. We're not going to talk about branding, we're not going to talk about teams expansion teams, we're not going to talk about any of that stuff. All that stuff it for the foreseeable future is an irrelevant conversation that you need to realize you shouldn't have had in the first place, most likely, but you definitely do not have the luxury of experimenting now, which is what I hope you guys are understanding. This is not about being creative and about being experimental. This is about doing what you have to do. This is about survival. You will not make it to the third phase of our Ultimate Agent Survival Guide, unless in the profit phase, unless you survive this phase. So please, absolutely, positively, text the word survival to 31996 and do that now. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link, get your username and password set up, log in to the website, and then start listening to the information as we update it constantly. And if you don't do that, guys, you're going to suffer. Yes, we want you to exploit every single government handout program. We want all of you guys to be well, you know, whatever. And you
1: can do it guilt-free. I don't want to hear about, oh, I don't need it. We're going to be okay. You don't know that. Trust me when I tell you. If you guys have been paying attention at all on this podcast, it is a preemptive strike. And if you don't need it, that's okay. You're going to have better cash flow. That's okay. That's you know kind of a goal that most people have.
0: Shore up, shore up your financial reserves, and think. Of, yes, you want some in cash. Yes, you want some in metals. Yes, you're going to want to basically do everything to protect to protect yourself during what's going to happen next, because it's going to probably happen faster and more people are going to stand around saying, I don't know what's happening, just like they are now. People are going to linger too long, not doing the right things, and we want you to be ahead of that curve. If you want to get to the profit phase, And like I was saying before, there are going to be absolute fortunes made as a result of this. And I know it seems a little early to talk about that. Oh, it's tacky, Tim. People are suffering. I get that. But the greatest fortunes of man, of humanity, of woman, it does not matter. I'm not trying to be PC here. But the greatest fortunes in the history of humanity have always been made during the greatest times of change. This is the greatest time of change, perhaps not just in our lifetimes, but in the the history of our country. Maybe one of the greatest times of change in the history of humanity. That's what we're living through. Not necessarily just because of coronavirus, the pandemic, but because of the amount of money and the inflation that the global, you know, the the countries around the world are going to be infusing into the global economies. What's happening is going to cause the real, the pandemic is bad enough, but what's going to happen after this is probably going to be something that they haven't even created a word for. Make, guys, bottom line, Do not be afraid. There's going to be fortunes to be made. We're going to tell you what we're doing. We're going to tell you how you can do it. We're going to tell you exactly what you should be doing. Right now, your job is to protect your family. Your job right now is to put your own mask on first and take care of your personal stuff. Anything you'd like to say, Julie? Well,
1: I think, you know, having seen maybe not as radical changes as what we're all going through, but certainly dramatic shifts in the economy and how business has been done. I think you would agree that the most flexible, the most open-minded agents are the ones that thrive versus the one that the ones that say, "Well, that's not how we do it or that's not how we used to do it or, you know, I don't know how to do that." You've got to be absolutely committed to learning what's new uh, across the board because it's going to affect you virtually everywhere, and I think the most flexible agents are the ones that are going to to thrive. And that that's a conscious choice that you've got to say to yourself. You're going to
0: kick your computer off your ottoman. And and look, this is self-serving, but I don't care. <laughs> Everybody you guys are listening to is not ready for this. And I'll, I'll give you, I'll prove it to you, right? So we have dribbled, d- drilled down, it, we have done everything possible, screaming from the highest mountain. You know, we have the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents in the United States, but probably the world. And we have we put ourselves we put our head on the chopping block where you guys could have easily criticized us and we could have been wrong three weeks ago when we really started talking about this let alone a year when we knew something was going to happen but we didn't guess this but we knew something was going to happen we could have easily essentially not said those things and Frankly, made more money because it's easier selling an optimistic agent than it is selling a pessimistic agent yeah, coaching. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> right? a fact. We could have made probably millions and millions of more dollars, but we didn't do it because we did not think that was the right thing to do. But I'm going to tell you guys, and I'm going to be really blunt, I'm going to be ruthless. I'm having private conversations, Julia's as well, with some of these people that, frankly, I had hoped by now would have proven themselves to be the leaders that they act like they are. And they are in full-fledged panic mode. They don't know what to do. And we're just telling them, guys, why don't you just say what we're doing and the re- what we're saying, just copy us, and the reason they're not doing it is because they don't have the courage because they're afraid for their own finances primarily but they're also afraid because they don't know what to do if they like brokerages big brands companies executives in these big brokerages we're telling them to tell agents what we're telling them and they don't what we're telling their agents anyway and they don't want to do it because they're fearful for their own businesses in future now I'm gonna drill this down you guys go online and look to see how many people that are coaches and now look I am going to make a new rule Every jackass who's basically ever sold 50 houses considers themselves a coach. The new rule, I'm going to establish this right now, you cannot call yourself a coach unless you've had 10,000 paid, I was saying 1,000, but no, 10,000 paid coaching calls. And so unless you've actually been paid to coach somebody 10,000 times or somebody, as in our case, then you're not a coach. You're just a faker. So quit acting like you know what you're talking about. And have you guys ever noticed all these other coaches are all talking about the same crap they were talking about back in the day? But here's what I want you to I want you to be really, really clear about this. We were willing to be wrong because we knew if we were right and you would listen to us that you'd be protected now and a lot of you are. But we knew also that if we were wrong and we were wrong, it would cost us professionally and maybe even for the sake of our business reputations, we were willing to take that risk. Now, go to see what all of our competitors have been doing. They're not even talking about this stuff, are they?
1: No, they're going to the easy stuff that you can Google online and get some mindset quotes for. Or they're talking about hard.
0: centers of influence and past clients Ugh. or all the crap they're talking about before. You guys, They're not talking about money. They're not talking about the things Julie and I are talking about. Why aren't they talking about those things? Why do you guys think? Because they're fearful for themselves. They're trying to protect themselves. The same reason these big brokerages aren't doing it. I'll tell you the company I think is going to really come out of the other end of this, like you can't believe, is EXP Realty. EXP is talking about it. We had, Julie and I had private conversations with a lot of the most influential people in EXP. We told them exactly what we are teaching people on on this podcast to do in the first phase that you guys, you know, as far as the personal, as far as all the personal financial stuff. And now I'm noticing not all of them, but a lot of them are actually doing exactly what we suggested they do. That's the right thing to do. Look, it's not sexy or exciting to tell agents to get on unemployment or to get mortgage forbearances. A lot of you, including us, frankly, find it distasteful. But it's the right thing to do because you have to make it through this for you to stay in this industry, let alone basically protect your family. It's the right thing for us to do. But look what our competitors are doing. I, don't you think it's amazing, honestly?
1: I do. Well, I mean, it's lazy.
0: That, that's going to fall off. Yeah, but the reality of it is... is- it's
1: the easy button, you know, and, and I think that to your point, it, it is a lot easier to coach that. It's, not, it's so much less heavy lifting. It's so much less research. It's so much, I don't know, um, makes you feel good. And, and we're not about not making you feel good by sharing all this stuff with you. It's so that you can make it through the woods and feel good on the other side of it and say, thank you, past filling the blank with your name for having it together and having my back. Back in March 2020, back in April 2020, when you were locked down, instead of just being locked into CNN or whatever you're watching with all of the you know repetitive reports of the same crap, no, you got to work and you took care of your family. That way you could take care of your clients.
0: So we want you to remember who the people are that basically were the leaders when you needed leadership. Please remember that and be unforgiving for the people that basically weren't willing to essentially, frankly, do what we did and do what we're doing be unforgiving. Never do business with them again. Because they knew what to say. They just didn't say it enough. They didn't want to say it for their own protection. I want you to remember this. And I also want you to remember that if you're not suggesting to all your centers of influence and past clients, frankly, all the agents that listen to you, if you're a broker and office manager and you're not telling the agents to do what we're suggesting that they do, then you deserve to lose on the other side of this. Because you aren't doing the right thing for them. These are all true statements. They're bold. They're probably obnoxious, probably won't be received well, but it's also honest. It's the truth. So if you're a broker, an office manager, if you are consider yourself a leader and you aren't confident in what to say, we'll do the heavy lifting for you. Start by just telling everyone you know, love, and care about in our industry and frankly, any small, honestly, everybody, it does not matter if they're in the real estate industry or not, needs to be at least paying attention to all the programs that the government's coming out with. We are going to do our best to have the best go-to source of this information um, where someone can just get it all in one place, unemployment, forbearances, mortgage forbearances, government, you know, SBA loans, everything. We are not just saying, here's the program and here's a cut and paste from the press release. We're going to tell you how to apply for it. We're going to tell you the nuanced approaches to get into the line, the first and the fastest. We're going to tell you every single thing that we learn as we learn it. And it's going to be raw. It's going to be unedited. We're just going to put it on the website.
1: Well, Tim, you know what's really cool about having thousands of coaching clients doing this is that they're all reporting back. You know, this is what happened. This is the, you know, this is the updated hotline. This is the updated website. Here is what my experience was. Here's the best time of day to call. You know, we're all working in this together to keep it super updated for you guys and help each other out. We're all in this together.
0: That's right. Um, so absolutely text the word survival to 31996. Absolutely tell everyone you know to do it. We were just talking about Julie's brother. He's not even in the real estate business, but he sells, essentially he sells chemicals to restaurants. And I was telling Julie, Julie, all these restaurants are laying off people. There's no way he's not going to get fired.
1: you got to be proactive about it. Yeah. And so
0: Julie's been coaching him on how to put all their stuff in forbearance and they're doing it. Every single person you know needs to be prepared for what happens next financially. Please, if you are in a position, and all of you are listening, to provide leadership on a small level or on our level, which is frankly a huge level, you are morally obligated to do it, even if it makes you uncomfortable. You have to be willing to be wrong, like we were, because at the end of the day, who cares if you're wrong, at least you tried to protect people. You guys get it? That's what this time is about. You say you want to be of service to other people. Everyone says that. This is the opportunity for you to not be a hypocrite and actually be of service to other people in a way that they'll forever love you and respect you for. Not just your centers of influence, people in your church, people in your synagogue, in your mosque, in your neighborhood, in your whatever community you belong to. You need to be telling all of them to go hardcore after their finances now, because that's where people are going to need the most help over the essentially next few months. So, guys, listen, (laughs) we went way over, but that was all right. Um, Hey, Julie. Yeah, I love you.
1: I love you, too. We're we're in this together, too. We're in this together, bud. Yeah. And we have thousands
0: of people that we're relying on.
1: I know. One of the things that I want to do... And they're relying on us. Yes, I know. No pressure, right? But, excuse me, one of the things that I want to do on our maybe next podcast is to just to lighten things up and talk about all of the good stuff that will come as a result of this. It's not all going to be doom and gloom and, oh, my gosh, this new reality. You already see from people singing in Italy you know in their apartments entire neighborhoods getting together um to sing their national anthem to you know i i just was reading i told you this morning you know in new york and i think in la too in like LA, like yeah. all of the all the an- like the humane pets, societies the humane societies are like running out of pets to adopt they
0: have no cats or dogs no cats people or are dogs. adopting them. and in the
1: middle of the country they're running out of baby chicks so, yeah. you know, that's kind of a cool thing. Well, I mean, it's because people are going to start raising their
0: own chick- they're gonna chicken. They're going to have chickens to... Chickens probably, also eggs. Don't you miss you know? our chicks? from our I do. From Those Texas? were the best eggs ever. You yeah, Weren't they? That, yeah. That
1: was awesome. And, you know, there's there's lots of things like... I'm I think you and I are both really enjoying the time that we have with Zoe and it's it's not just you know with the school run where we get to spend like half an hour in the morning and two hours in the evening and then lather rinse repeat every day yep I think that's pretty cool and there's going to
0: be this this is Julie's touching on what we're going to talk about on the podcast our normal podcast tomorrow and we're going to start sharing with you we put on our private members only page what our members think will be the positives that come from this. And I have to say, guys, there is going to be more positive after you make it through. You have to make it through right. first. And once you make it through, the things are going to come out on the other side. Um, It'll be
1: interesting. It's
0: going to, be, I think honestly, it's going to be uh, a resurrection of core. Ooh, I'm going to say it. American values. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think you do
1: right. yep. In a whole different way than what we're used to hearing
0: about. Yep. So guys, listen, yeah. stay connected with us. I'd mentioned DXP Realty. Um, If you guys want to talk with me about eXp Realty, just text me. uh, My cell phone number is 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. And on the subject line, just put the word eXp. And
1: don't forget survival.
0: Yeah, and and absolutely all of you need to be texting uh, the word survival to 31996. Hey, guys, hopefully we're helping you. Let us know. You know what? The best way you can say thank you, you don't need to text us or email us, though. We appreciate it. Go to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Okay? Go to Google Plus and give us a five-star review. Go to YouTube and watch our videos and give us a five-star review. Do, the way you can help us is by helping us do what, or, what we're morally obligated to do, and you are as well, is to disseminate information that's going to help put people in a place where they're not just going to survive, but they're going to thrive through this really amazing time in history. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you anytime. Julie, anything else you'd like to say with these guys? Yep. I'm signing Get us into off. action. Get into action. That's a good thing to say. God bless, guys.